It's a mod, mod The Mod Revival properly started in 1977 and technically lasted only a few years before the new mods would again go underground, much like their 60s counterparts did. But for four glorious years, the energy and angst of punk was wed to the rhythm of soul, the pulse of power pop, and the fashions of the 60s. Parka-wearing scooterists began appearing at punk rock shows, Punk bands began including hard-driving covers of 60s rock and soul classics. And finally, the whole thing was busted wide open by a Union Jack-clad Paul Weller. By 1978, the mods were back, and they were truly in the city. Welcome to Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World. This is a special episode of the podcast, the second in a series I call Mod Essentials. The first one, in the beginning, premiered last summer and featured my take on the most essential mod tracks of the 1960s. 
as you can imagine, it was hardly definitive. And this one likely won't be either. But that first one was popular, which I guess and hope this one will be as well. This is Mod Essentials 2, The Revival. That opener there was, of course, the title track to the jam's groundbreaking debut album, In the City. Like the Who in the 60s, the jam became the flag bearers for the mods of the 70s. They set the tone in both music and fashion, and a whole nation's youth followed along. obviously took their influences from the 60s bands, but they tried to hide it or make out they were treating it with distaste. Gen X had Target shirts all ripped up. The pistols covered the monkeys and the small faces, but in their own style. I loved it when punk came along. I wanted to draw on that energy, but I didn't identify with the image. I was watching every show from the 60s. The Man from Uncle films were always on, Secret Squirrel, The Monkees, Get Smart, anything 60s I immersed myself, like we all did in that imagery. Mod wasn't the end point for us, it was the whole era, and all we did was wrap it all up in one big coat, the parka. That was our statement. I mean, I couldn't be a punk. I didn't want to destroy anything. Billy Hassett, The Chords, 1979. Music journalist Chris Hunt wrote in a special edition of NME that, quote, At the onset of the mod revival, the jam were still thought of as mods working within punk, and gradually a new breed of mod began to evolve in complete isolation from one another, end quote. The beginnings of the mod revival certainly shared much in common with the burgeoning punk movement. But quickly, a love of the 60s took over. Soul music was incorporated, as were other genres, power pop, ska, the whole of the new wave. There were few contemporary music elements that the mods didn't find a way to shoehorn into their scene. It was indeed, as the movement's chronicler's secret affair put it, days of change.
that last track was I Can't Control Myself by the Teen Beats who were a more punk-like mod band than many of the other groups in the mod revival. Their songs were anthemic in nature and had a latent aggression that helped to fuel the energy of the revival. Before that was a track from probably the most famous of the original Mod Revival compilations ever produced, Mod's Mayday 79. That album was recorded live at the Bridgehead Pub in East London and set the tone for the entire forthcoming Mod Revival. The show on Mod's Mayday there featured the biggest mod names of the revival, Secret Affair, Squire, 
the Lambrettas, and that band there, Small Hours with Hanging in the Balance. Secret Affairs contribution, Time for Action, would go on to be a huge top 40 hit, ensuring that Maud was destined for the time being for the mainstream. Fittingly then, uh, starting out things there was Secret Affair with Days of Change. Secret Affair were destined to play the small faces to the jam's who. Every bit as good as the jam, the band managed to score a number of hits, but never was quite able to sustain the legendary status that Weller and company did with such ease. Alright, coming up now I've got three of the most popular of the mod revival bands, each able to boast a few top ten songs in those heady days between 1979 and 1981. First up is the Purple Hearts with Can't Help Thinking About Me. Sunday 
into the charts, suddenly the fans were given another, less challenging option. Since its earliest days, the mod revival had run a parallel course with the new ska boom, spearheaded by the specials, madness, and the highly marketable two-tone label. For several months, the two movements had shared stages, fans, and even many of their influences. Secret Affair and the Beat both plundered Smokey Robinson's back catalog. But in the battle for the high street fan, the dance-friendly two-tone movement won out over the sometimes earnest, aggression-fueled pop of the mob bands. Chris Hunt, NME, Mob Reviver, April 2005. True, true. Welcome back to Mod Essentials 2, The Revival. A special edition of Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World, coming to you as always from www.mrsuave.com. So what was true about that correlation between Mod and Ska in the 70s? Well, that last track I played was the Lambrettas, one of the leaders of the Mod Revival, and also one of the bands that incorporated a lot of Ska styles and elements into their music. In fact, their biggest top 10 hit was a cover of the 60s R&B classic Poison Ivy. But with every bit as much of a ska vibe as anything Madness or the Specials ever put out. The track I played here though is much more in keeping I guess you'd say with the pure mod essence of the revival. That track was the Lambretta's first single, Go Steady which was uh, also on the very first compilation to include mod bands called 4992139 that was allegedly the phone number that up and coming bands of the day had been encouraged to call to audition for the con uh, album was put out by Elton John's studio label and included a number of mod and mod friendly new wave bands that were all just starting out before the Lambrettas was the Chords, probably the movement's working class, um, very, very British conscience, I guess you'd say. That was their biggest chart hit, Something's Missing. And way up top, I kicked things off with the Purple Hearts. That was a cover of David Bowie's Can't Help Thinking About Me. The Hearts, though, and typical fashion, took it and turned it into a bit of pure mod revival perfection. And the news here, whether it's good or bad, remains to be seen, I'm just reporting, but the news, nonetheless, is that the Purple Hearts will be reuniting and touring the UK, at least, in 2009. If they get much beyond Britain's borders, well, who knows? But it will be interesting to see how they've uh, weathered the years and likewise how their fans have weathered those same years. Next up, uh, more sounds from the Teen Underground. Here's Beggar on Mr. Swall's Mod Mod World. Don't throw your life away. (laughs) 
We're gonna kick off with a number called Control Your Left Way. Yeah. 
watching the planes burn up through the night like meteorites. We're just poor teenagers, luminous and emotional rages. Poor teenagers, seeing ourselves as strangers. Poor teenagers.
That was the Burton Parkas, one of the revival's most controversial bands. They had a number of hits, on, yeah, and they even teased the charts with several of their songs. Though nowhere near the string of 21 chart hits and 7 number 1 singles notched up by the jam. Still, Merton Parkas were an important band, uh, gave rise in some ways to both the Style Council and Dexie's Midnight Runners. That track by the Parkas there was Put Me In The Picture. That particular version was a, a later recording of the song, kind of more lavishly produced than the original single, replacing the hand claps with tambourines and so on. Still a great song. Before them was the adverts. Sort of a part-time punk band, part-time mod band, but all-time cool. That pumping, driving, crashing piece of power pop you heard there was their single release. That's right, just the one, Bored Teenagers. Which uh, pretty much summed up what was happening to the legions of mod fans is 1981 turned towards 1982. Before that was Speedball with No Survivors, a single more famous maybe for its cover glitches and misspellings than for the single itself. But uh, don't underestimate it. Great single right there. Started things out with one of the mods Mayday bands. That was Beggar doing Don't Throw Your Life Away. That track is the live recording that appeared on the Mods Mayday 79 release, but was also later included on the Sounds of the Underground, the Mod Revival. That was a compilation. Uh, great one. Sounds of the Underground is a great comp for anyone wanting to get more revival songs. Good place to start right there. Anyhow, for more info on the bands, the albums, track listings, uh, links to band sites, and all that good stuff, plus the Mod A Day project, giving you a great mod song every day, you can get all of that by just heading over to www.mrswab.com. Don't forget to spell out the Mr. Thanks for coming on this little journey through some of the cool, cool sounds of the Mod Revival. Like I said, there there just isn't time to cover it all. I know I missed some, uh, but this is, you know, a pretty good place to start. I encourage you to get out and seek out the Mod Revival bands for yourself. You won't be disappointed. and a set of codes that set them apart from their contemporaries. 
Terry Rollins, page 183, Maude, a very British phenomenon. Rocking out tonight to maximum rockabilly. When two punks choose, risk the subway for a tube to Piccadilly. Whose efforts stir fast gangs for glory? Another dumb casualty. Having fun. Salvage six. Hit a flick, knife flicks. Oh, kiss me. Deadly. Tonight. By 1981, the mod revival was winding down. Hit singles that had come rolling along monthly by dozens of mod bands for the past few years were now barely coming at all. New Wave was giving way to New Romanticism, and these new acts were putting a forward-looking spin onto the soul music of the past, sort of turning the mods into walking anachronisms. Mod nights, once so ubiquitous in London, were few and far between, and soul music was once again going into hibernation. With his uncanny ability to time things perfectly jam frontman, the mod father, Paul Weller, put his finger on the pulse of youth, and he found it slowing. In 1982, he called it quits with the jam. In some ways, he was becoming even more mod, blending soul with jazz, and incorporating the more synthesized sounds of the 80s. So naturally, he created the Style Council, with Merton Parker's keyboardist Mick Talbot. Clearly, Willer was already laying the foundations for acid jazz, the Britpop explosion, and the New Soul revival. The seeds of all that were apparent as the jam wound down. Taking you out this week with one of the best soul tracks that the jam ever did, merging soul with power pop in an amalgamation of sounds that created a pulse-pounding dance track that could only have succeeded in the immediate aftermath of punk rock. And it heralded a new direction for Weller and the mod scene, one headed back to the dance floor and away from the streets. Here then is one of the last mod essentials of the mod revival. This is the extended dance version of Precious by The Jam on Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World. Thanks for listening.
punctuation. I wasn't ready. Well, don't say I'm ready and then sit there and then.